0: Welcome to The Autism Dad Ohio, I'm Rob Gorski. Building on the success of my award-winning blog and podcast, The Autism Dad, this localized edition supports Ohio families on their autism parenting journeys. As a single dad of three amazing autistic kids, I've been a go-to resource for parents navigating neurodivergence across the globe since 2010. The Autism Dad Ohio connects you with essential resources, education, and support that will help you all throughout your journey. You'll also hear inspiring stories from families all across Ohio, just like yours, reminding you that you're not alone. So don't miss out. New episodes drop every Friday. Subscribe on your favorite podcast listening app and visit theautismdad.com for more information. On this week's episode of The Autism Dad Ohio, I'm going to share with you guys an interview that I did earlier this year with Lisa Morrison. Alisa is an autism mom. She has three autistic kids. She lives in Northeast Ohio and is president and co-founder of of Integrated Community Solutions, which is a nonprofit based in Medina, Ohio, that does a lot of really cool things for people with intellectual disabilities. Uh, they provide enrichment programs and uh, you know, art classes and all kinds of things that that help to inject some normalcy into our kids' lives and our families' lives. And it's important for kids to have a place like this to go to and uh, everything is free. And, and she's here to talk about her personal journey as a mom And uh, share some of her experience from that perspective, as well as uh, what she's doing with her nonprofit and how it's helping the community and what her plans are going forward uh, to help more people. So, thank you all so much for taking the time to tune in. I really appreciate it. And I hope you enjoy the interview. Lisa, thank you so much for taking the time to be here today. I really appreciate it. Could you take a second and just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are?
1: Sure. Um. So first of all, thank you for having me. I feel very honored to be on your podcast. So thank you so much for, for having me here. My name is Lisa Morrison, and I am the parent of three now young adults with autism. And I have a nonprofit called Integrated Community Solutions, and we are addressing needs that we see in the developmental disabilities community.
0: You, that's, that's really cool. And one of the things that caught my attention when I first met you, uh, cause I watched uh, a presentation that you were doing about, um, autumn bridge crossing up at, mm-hmm. uh, the board of DD. And one of the things that caught my attention was you have three autistic kids. I have three autistic kids and it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of not common, I think, to run into people who have that same type of. Family dynamic, I guess,
1: right, yeah, it's not common yeah uh
0: what was what was your what was your parenting journey like?
1: oh, boy, um, well, it was difficult, um childhood was difficult, you know, um at times, I felt like when I had all three of my kids with me, it was like corralling cats,
0: yeah, we well, yeah. you know,
1: and you're and you're out with them in public, and you're trying to keep them safe. And just trying to do that alone was difficult, but you might have to also be shopping or you might be, I don't know, going to a movie or whatnot. So childhood was challenging, you know, and then throw into the mix once they get into school Mm -hmm. and, you know, all of that and trying to make sure their needs are met in school and, So, you know, now we're in young adulthood and I'm telling you, it is a cakewalk compared to what it was like in childhood. And I know that people out there who don't have a child with autism or with special needs might look at my life and say, cakewalk? Are you kidding me? Like, it still looks really challenging. But but believe me, um, for me, this is like smooth sailing right now. Yeah,
0: that's that's so interesting. Because it seems like it goes one way or the other, right? Like it seems like the childhood was really easy and then adulthood is really challenging or vice you versa. That's, that's interesting. Mine has been, it's gotten easier actually as, as they've gotten older, it's yeah. different. It, it, easier might not be the right word. It's different. And I was just, I was just working on something f- for the new website and it was like, you know, everything that I've done up to this point was focused on my kids being little you know, kids yeah. and navigating things like PT and OT and IEPs and stuff like that. Yeah. Now it's navigating the teenage years and helping my oldest transition to adulthood. Right. And mm-hmm. so it's a whole, it's like everything you went through the first half of the journey doesn't really prepare you for anything that you have to deal with on this next part of the journey. And right.
1: it's completely different. You're right. It is, yeah.
0: you know, Yeah. Have, did you find... As you, as your kids got older, connecting with resources and services and supports, was that, was that challenging to to locate or were you able to kind of, um, find that stuff pretty easily?
1: Well, um, my greatest resource were parents who had children that were older than mine. You know, I, we're walking the same journey, but they were some years ahead of me. And so they were really able to point me in the right direction to receive, to to access the resources that my kids needed. But the, the other thing that helped me personally is that I served on the County Board of Developmental Disabilities. Um, I served on that board for seven years. I recently uh, stepped down from the board to do my nonprofit. But just being on that board really helped me understand what the County Board could offer for the kids and for others like them. So, I didn't have that much of a challenge finding resources, but I think that unless you have parent mentors that have gone before you and can point you in the right direction, or you're as involved in your county board like I was, like you don't need to be on a board, on the board per se, but just being involved in the county board kind of uh, lets you know what is available. So unless you have those things in your life, finding resources I think would be a challenge and most parents I speak to have a challenge finding those resources. I try to be as strong of an advocate for families as I can. You know, I I would not have had such the success that I've had with my kids if I didn't have parents who had gone before me. So I try to be that resource for the younger parents now.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like lighting a yeah. path so that the people who are coming behind you can avoid those same pitfalls or the mistakes. It's, it's sort of what I, when I first started out, it was, you know, the goal was to help people just avoid or learn from my mistakes and maybe navigate Mm -hmm. something or, or have information or knowledge that wasn't available to me at the time that can make their journey a little bit easier. And it makes me feel like there's something positive that comes from everything that I've been through, you know, and it kind of helps me, Absolutely helps me like close everything off and just sort of, it's good for the mental health aspect of things. I, I think, uh, for me.
1: I agree.
0: Um so one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about when we first met talked briefly about like my oldest navigating DD and OOD and stuff like that. And so um even even when you have knowledge and and you you are aware of where services are, navigating them can be overwhelming for parents. You know, not knowing where to start or or even you know, not understanding information that's being presented at like a board meeting or something like that. When you're, when you're talking about setting up services or transportation or job training. Yeah. How did you manage that? Was it sort of just your experience that you had working with the board that, that helped with some of that stuff?
1: Some of it. I mean, some of my, from some of my experience with the board helped me understand what comes next and what's available, you know, what to apply for, Um, For example, um, when my kids turned 14, they could apply for OOD services in the summer for opportunities uh, for Ohioans with disabilities, work-related services in the summer. Um, But a lot of times the school districts might not introduce that until maybe um, the kids are like 16. And so I knew that I could go on my own and just... Have that intake appointment with OOD, so I just went ahead and scheduled it myself, and it seems like I've done that throughout my journey. I find out when it's the absolute first time I can apply for anything, and I just make sure that I do it when they reach a certain age. Um, so you know eventually, I think most parents learn about these types of opportunities and it's either through the school district through the special education department or through their county board with their SSA but me i, I feel like i'm a little bit unique because i kind of went before that would have naturally occurred <laughs> just cuz that's me i just got to you know i wanted my kids to be um as busy as possible and i just knew a certain date that i could do it and i did it yeah
0: so and that's that's really helpful too because Like one of the things that we, we picked up on when we were navigating DD just recently was, uh, being able to, to run like day services and OOD stuff concurrently. So like I can run the, he can do day services to fill up his time during the day and also still be working with OOD for job training and that kind of stuff. It it didn't have to just be one or the other at the time. And the way that it's approached is that they, they kind of want you to do OOD first at least what we were told, we want you to do OOD first. And then when that's done, then you come back and we do day services and stuff like that. And it's just about knowing what you can and can't do versus what maybe is advertised that you can do. I guess that makes sense.
1: I think you're right. And so, you know, sometimes, and I've heard this from other families, it's, you know, it might be presented in one way that, you know, how something can be done But if you do a little bit of digging, you find out like, oh, maybe that rule has changed recently, or you know, or because of the pandemic, um, some exceptions are being made. You know, stuff like that has occurred, and so families find out that they can actually have the plan that they want and they need for their family, for their loved one. Yeah.
0: So let's talk about integrated community solutions. It's your your nonprofit. Yeah. And you serve. I mean, is it just Medina County, or is it out like? Kind of the surrounding counties as well.
1: So our programs, um, the folks that come to our programs are mostly from Medina County, but we do get individuals from the five surrounding counties, and I think that speaks to the fact that programs such as ours are really in in high need. Yeah, in our in our community. Yeah,
0: yeah. We noticed that uh, there's not a lot of places like that. No. You know, we're coming from Stark County, so. I guess it's sort of a surrounding, not really, it's not really a surrounding County. So we're actually coming from a, a greater distance because there, there's yeah. a lack of that anywhere else near us, you know? Yeah. So that's, that's really cool that you've opened up to outside counties so that, so that people have a place to go. Um, Absolutely. what types of like enrichment services do you guys offer?
1: So we have our social enrichment programming And that is free programming that includes um, um, bingo, game night, movie night. We've had hayrides. We've done apple picking. We've gone to pumpkin patches. We've had a magic show. We've had an animal show, like an exotic animal show. Um, We have had... um, did I say bingo? We have yoga. We have a walk and roll group. And then we also have an art group. We meet for art group about three times a month. Um, and for art group, we charge $5. And that helps cover the cost of supplies. But everything else is free of charge. And um, with our social enrichment programming, we're meeting anywhere from two to four times a week, depending on the month and depending on the weather. Very cool. Um We also have our vocational um, training opportunities to help build employability skill. And we do that in the summer months. Mm -hmm. We partner with different agencies. We partnered, for example, with Feeding Medina County last summer. And um, every time we were there, we organized their products and made their shelves look like it was a store. Um, and then also, we have training and educational opportunities for families on topics that are of interest to our families, like social security benefits or special needs planning um or waivers, for example. Gary Tonks. yeah, Gary Tonks. yeah, he was wonderful
0: um so when you when you were putting all of this together, was it did did you kind of base this stuff on what you wish you had had available to you? when you were when your kids were younger do you know what i mean
1: absolutely oh my gosh absolutely and i'll tell you what having 3 kids with autism when they were growing up i might find a social program that i wanted them to participate in but it was 10 weeks and it was 300 dollars a child and after 10 weeks you're done and you know most of our individuals at this point you know in adulthood are considered low income individuals and there was just no way I felt comfortable charging them for, for participation in something that I feel we all should have access to, you know, feel it's something we all should have access to. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: How, what is it, how, how does it feel to be able to provide these things for so many families?
1: Yeah, gosh, I, I don't even, that is something I just don't even think about. Um, but now that you ask me that question, um, I, I feel like I was born to do this. Yeah. I feel like it's just in my DNA to do this. So I don't really think about what the end result is. I just kind of keep moving forward and looking for more to do and more to expose our people to. Um, but I guess, you know, now that you asked that question, I'm grateful that I have the connections and the ability to do, to do what I'm doing. You know, I'm, I'm very grateful.
0: Is there something that kind of stands out to you as being just memorable about all of this stuff? Like, is there a, a story that really kind of sticks with you about how, you know, this has has impacted people in real life?
1: Well, so we had, we won a grant to have a promotional video made. Okay. And some of our group participants were interviewed uh for this video, and I'm getting emotional as I speak. When they were being filmed and when they were answering questions about what the groups have meant to them and how our groups have impacted their lives, I, I was bawling. I couldn't stay in the room. I know I was just screwing up the the audio because you could hear me sobbing. And I just, I know the struggle, you know, I know the struggle and the isolation that oftentimes comes with having a disability and having opportunities like this. I also know how valuable that could be to somebody's life. And so to hear our individuals just kind of voice that it was very emotional for me. Um, But I, I, I will tell you this, in running these groups and in meeting all the incredible people and families that I've met, I myself have been given like one of the greatest of gifts because I kind of feel like I'm home. You know, when, when you live a life that, that focuses and centers around special needs, you really struggle to find a place where you fit in in society. And in doing what I'm doing, I myself have just kind of found home and um and I really love it. I really love being with our folks.
0: Do you ever feel like you know I, I think some people go through things in life and it 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 can make or break them, it can define them, it can whatever, right? Do you find that everything that you have been through, like with your own family and your own kids, like it's given you purpose and in a direction to to help people.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I started the nonprofit because I realized there was a housing need and I realized there's a housing choice that we're missing and that's home ownership with living with, you know, our friends. Right. But the other stuff that comes along with this journey, like doing our social enrichment or doing our, our um, volunteer programs or all the other stuff that's just coming along with it. Um, it, it gives me great sense of purpose because this is something I want to provide. This is something that didn't exist. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's something that I want to provide so that it exists. And yeah, I feel like I can't stop. I feel like I have to keep going. Um, you know, when I say this is something that didn't exist, I'm talking about a free social enrichment program where everybody is invited that just wasn't a thing. It just didn't exist. And so that's what we're doing. But on top of that, you know, we're adding in parent training and educational seminars and, and volunteer experiences. I mean, I, I am motivated, highly motivated to keep going because I, I would not want to see this go away.
0: I, uh, I didn't know about the parent training. And that's, that's really exciting. Um, one of the things that, that constantly comes up is is parent training and helping parents to gain skills and resources that they that they need to to better meet their kids' needs and help them just to even survive the journey. Because being a special needs yeah. parent is so exhausting. I, I've been doing it for twenty. Oh, he just turned twenty three last week. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Twenty at least twenty two years now because I I've been raising him since he was a year old, and they're it's tough like it just is tough and i find myself without having the benefit of those things playing catch up in my 40s things that that i yeah. i should have been doing a long time ago but i didn't because i was so overwhelmed by everything that goes on and i was doing the best that i could to to sort of triage things and there was a lot of things that had i had the tools or the skill sets or the knowledge that I do now would have been, it would have been a different experience. And yeah. so I wanted to ask you with, with the parenting, uh, with the parenting stuff, what kind of, what kind of things are you offering?
1: So we have our quarterly seminars um, in topics that are um, of interest to our families. Like we had a seminar on government benefits, like Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid. We had a seminar on special needs financial planning, which is super important, which a lot of our families don't even think about that until, you know, years into this journey. Mm -hmm. The fact that there will come a time, most likely, when our loved ones are going to be here without us, yeah. you know, and just planning for that. Um, we also did a seminar where, again, we brought in Gary Tonks and and he presented on waivers. So and for our viewers or our listeners, um, waivers are something that's offered by your county board of DD. And a lot of times our individuals don't qualify for waivers until they're adults. And um, the waivers are the things that are going to help them. Uh, maintain their day programming and then maintain their care provider services after day programming, in addition to other stuff. But those are the two biggies that they'll need help with.
0: Okay. Uh, Yeah. Well, you know, I was, I I was just uh, recording another interview for my other podcast and we were talking about ABLE accounts and I'm, I've been a parent for 20 years plus like doing this. And even, that was something that I was learning about for like the first time. I, I didn't know they have been around for 15 years or something. I, I had no idea, you know, and, and yeah. it's about, there's just, there's a lot of stuff out there that we're just, we're just not connecting the dots. Like we're, we're just not aware that these things are available. And yeah. I, I think what you're doing is such a vital service to the community because we can't make, we can't, um, Sometimes we just don't know where to go, you know, and we just don't know how to move forward. Like we want to, we're motivated. We're not whatever. We just, we don't have a direction to go in and you're shining a light for people who are kind of lost in the dark. And that's powerful. It's very powerful. And it's very empowering for
1: parents. You know, I'm glad you mentioned ABLE accounts. I think that, um, the ABLE account and the stable account, I think we're going to have a seminar on that soon. Because it is a very important tool that our families know about. Um, For our listeners, once your child qualifies for SSI, um, a type of social security, um, you know you can't have over two thousand dollars in assets. However. These ABLE slash stable accounts allow our individuals to have more than $2,000 in assets. And that's very important because outside of that ABLE account, if you have $2,000 in assets, you will lose your social security support. And so, yeah, ABLE accounts are so important. I'm glad you learned about them. Yeah. Honestly. And it, yeah. and it,
0: and it just sort of like what all, all the things you're doing, I wish that I had had available to me way back in the day when I was first going through this stuff. So like I applaud everything that you're doing. I think it's absolutely amazing. And one of the really, the cool things that I wanted to talk about too was, uh, autumn bridge crossing because that that's how we we were at your presentation for that. And my goodness, like what a cool idea. What, what an amazing idea. (laughs) And I, I never thought in all the things that I've thought about, my years as a parent, home ownership was never something that even occurred to me. It's something that was important and and to help secure their future. So can you talk a little bit about uh, Autumn Bridge Crossing and kind of what was your inspiration behind um, doing this?
1: Right. Yes. Um, So as you know, my kids are young adults and um, a couple of years ago, we started to think about housing for them. And we realized that we wanted them to own their homes so that they could have permanence and they could age in place. Um, And then I came across this concept available in other states of these planned communities for people with disabilities, but all of the homes in the pocket neighborhood were privately owned by the residents or their families. And so for me this choice was a no brainer. This is what I wanted for my kids. I wanted them to own their homes. So they truly had permanence when I was no longer here. And also they could age in place with friends and also build equity and a really important asset, you know, something that could be useful in later life care. So this is not my idea. (laughs) It's an idea I'm borrowing, but it is brilliant. And I can't believe we haven't done it before, and I'm really happy that you know we came across this concept, and we're bringing it to Ohio. It's it's needed. I mean, housing all by itself is needed. We have a shortage, but this type of housing is non-existent in Ohio, so we're bringing it.
0: Where are you in the the like the planning stages of Auto Bridge Crossing? Like, where are you in the process?
1: So. We had, first of all, we're looking for 12 to 20 acres in Medina County, and we figured we would have a few years to um, build relationships in the community, introduce ourselves to local businesses, local government, let them know who we are, what we want to do in the future. But um, a, a plot of a parcel of 12 acres kind of fell in my lap. Somebody came along and said, hey, We're buying this this large piece of land. We would like you to be on these 12 acres of it. And I was like, oh, my gosh, we've got to kick this up in high gear. I need to get these relationships built. I need to kick off a capital campaign. Um, You know, all of these things moved up by two years. And so that's kind of where we are. We're going to kick off the capital campaign later this year. Um, we need to raise about $8 million and that will help us buy the land, develop the land, and also build our 10,000 square foot enrichment center. Um, in our enrichment center, we will have two different, um, day programs for people to participate in. Like, for example, we'll have a, a transitions academy Mm -hmm. in our, in our, um, enrichment center that'll teach independent living skill. Um, We will also have um, vocational training programs throughout our community. And with these, I'm really hoping to partner with existing agencies so that they can come in and maybe have a building maintenance vocational program or a horticulture program. I'd love to have a lawn and landscape vocational program. So our Enrichment Center is definitely going to be an active hub <laughs> for the larger d- developmental disabilities community. But to do all of this, to start it off, we do have to have our capital campaign that should kick off later this year.
0: Very, very cool. Yeah, thank you. Oh, well, you're well. Thank you. I mean, because this is a <laughs> this is an amazing thing. I, I I remember seeing the reaction of the people in the crowd as, as you were talking about this, and there's so many parents that are interested. Are are you finding that the public like? in the special needs community is, is taking interest in, in what you're doing here?
1: Oh, immense interest, immense interest, because again, this is a choice that we haven't had. You know, if, if you wanted your individuals to live with their friends as, as neighbors, there were a few communities and all of those are rental communities. Mm -hmm. So this is a choice that families have been asking for. And, you know, the other thing is the reason we came out a few years ahead of the game to just tell people what we were planning on doing is because it can then give families planning time. You know, how am I going to purchase a home? We will be selling one bedroom, two bedroom, and three bedroom homes. Um, They will go at market rate prices, and families need to figure out, you know, how can I do this? Now, our individuals, when they are adults, they will have sources of income and they will have sources of support that will help, you know, pay their monthly rent. Let's say if their family owns the home, right? Mm. So that'll help pay a mortgage. The biggest challenge for families will be coming up with a down payment that will then um, allow their loved one to live in that home with the amount that they can pay each month. Mm. Right. Um, But a lot of families have said, well, I want to build a two bedroom or a three bedroom because they don't want their loved one to age without roommates, you know, age in place without roommates. They want them to be there with friends, living with friends. And so those individuals, those roommates will pay rent to the families. So that could also help pay for that monthly like mortgage payment of the home. So there are ways to do this um even for individuals that haven't been planning for the last 20 years to buy a home, yeah. right? Um there are ways to do this. I think as soon as we open up a list of of people interested, it, it's we're going to have a waiting list. It's going to fill up pretty quickly.
0: Do you have ideas that go beyond one community? Like would you like to see this expand into other counties?
1: I would I don't have any plans of doing that. Um I would love to see that happen. And yes, my board has talked about, you know, once this is up and running, let's do another one, you know, in another county, for example. Um, so it's it's not a hard and fast plan that we have, but we do discuss it. Yeah.
0: Where can people go to find more information about everything that you're doing?
1: So you can go to my website and it is www. I C S dash O H dot org, so I C S dash O H dot org. Um, so that's my website, and we have probably sixty frequently asked questions that there are answers for on the website. Um, and then also, I have a very active Facebook page. Mm-hmm. I post lots of images and pictures about all the things that we do, you know, throughout the week. So there also people can get information. Um, And the third thing I would say is sign up for our uh, for our monthly newsletter. Yeah, I send out about one email a month. I should send out more than that. But I'm telling you, trying to find time to fit this all in is tough. So I definitely get at least one out a month. And that has our monthly activity calendar on it.
0: Okay, and that's what I was going to ask you about a monthly activity calendar for people who are listening uh, within driving distance or whatever, who want to come and, uh, participate in these services there, they can get them in the newsletter. They can also get it on the website and probably on the Facebook page as well.
1: Absolutely. All three. Okay.
0: And then I'll have all of that in the show notes and on the blog post, so people can just kind of click and go right there. So it's easy for them to find. Is there, is there anything else? Is there like a message you want to, to send parents before we close things out?
1: I want parents to know that you're not alone, that there are others out there on this journey. And for me, meeting other families and meeting other parents when my kids were young really helped me understand how to get the resources I needed. But today, now that my kids are a little bit older, meeting other people and meeting other families just sustains me. It makes me feel like I, I have, like I'm home and like I have my community and I don't feel so isolated or alone. So I would just encourage people to meet others on your journey, do whatever you can to meet others on your journey. And if your children are young and you make friends with those parents who also have young children, those will be, those could be your support throughout the next 20 years oh, yeah. and beyond.
0: Yeah. Yeah. and. If you've been around for a little while and you have some experience, you know, light the path for the people coming behind you. You know, I, I think people can be very private and I totally understand that. I think everybody has to do what they feel is comfortable, but, you know, I have found a lot of solace in like personal peace with helping other families who have, who are coming behind me, you know? It just kind of makes it, not that raising my kids by itself isn't worth it because it totally is, but it just, it just, I don't know. It just helps it. It resonates differently when I'm able to use what I've learned to help other people. You know?
1: Well, thank you for what you're doing because you just help so many families. And I know that raising your kids alone is totally worth it, but doing what you do probably puts like, it adds more meaning to it. Yeah, above and beyond, you know, just being the great dad that you are, oh, right? Well,
0: thank you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I I appreciate that.
1: <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> um, thank you,
0: thank you so much for being here. Thank you for everything that you're doing, and you know, I want to be here to support and help whatever you're doing at the time, and um, we'll be in touch and maybe maybe do another episode down the road where we talk about it's, specific we, things or yeah. whatever that can help bring information to the community. And I, I just think what you're doing is amazing. I think honestly, like you're a hero to a lot of families.
1: I don't, I don't, they give me so much. They've, they've added so much to my life that I just, I'm so grateful and thankful, you know, I don't feel like a hero, but I do feel exceptionally grateful and thankful. So yeah. Well,
0: thank you as a parent. I appreciate everything that you're doing. Uh, and you know, take care of yourself and your family. And, you. you know, we'll, uh, we'll just keep moving forward and helping build community and support and education and, you know, try to make life better for as many people as we can.
1: Thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun.
0: Before I let you go, I just want to say thank you for taking the time to tune in today. It means a lot to me. I really appreciate it. And, you know, I put a lot of time and energy into each one of these episodes because I want there to be a resource for you that wasn't available for me when I was going through this with my kids. And, you know, I, I want there to be a positive impact on your lives. I want you to be able to learn something and enjoy what you're hearing. So uh, thank you again. I really appreciate it. For more information, you can visit the You can subscribe on any one of your favorite podcast listening apps, and uh, I will talk to you next week. Thank you. Bye.